let us stand. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we appreciate you. This morning, Father, Lord, we come to worship you, Lord. We come to give you praise and give you honor, Father. Lord, there's many testimonies, many praise reports. We've seen your hand moving in the midst of this camp this weekend. Lord, we appreciate you, Lord. Lord, you showed grace to so many. You showed mercy to so many. Lord, we love you and we appreciate you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we lift our hands to you in worship this morning, Lord. Lord, there are many that are traveling, Lord, many of heavy hearts this morning. And we ask that your Holy Spirit just be with those, Lord, and comfort them this morning. Lord, as we enter this service, Father, we ask, Lord, that your anointing continue to reign through your people, through your bride, through our families. Lord, we lift your name and we appreciate you, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. We're going to have the deacons come and let's do the offering right now. Let's get that out of the way. Let's just bow our heads quickly again and just bless and pray over this offering. Amen. How many appreciate the Lord? Amen. Amen. Lovely Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, that you've brought us once again to Bethlehem this morning, Lord. Father, truly we can say from our hearts that it's been so good to be in your house this weekend. Lord, we would just ask now, one more time, Lord, just come on the scene, Lord Jesus. We thank you for being every offering. We ask now that you bless the tithes and the offering. And just, Father, come again. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's play a little bit of You Deserve the Glory. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, I lift my hands in worship. As we praise your holy name, 
our hands in worship as we praise your holy name for you
be seated. Amen. Amen. Sister Esther, amen. Come and give us a song, amen, this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's give her a hand, amen. Give them a hand, amen. And right after that, we'll have Casey and Hannah. Amen. Give us a song. Hold me, you. 
captured by your holy calling set me apart i know you're trolling me to yourself lead me lord i pray so take me mold me use me Praise the Lord. God bless you. Give him another hand this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just wanted to come up one time and uh, uh, greet you all in the name of the Lord. Excuse me. Let me get technology cooperating here. Once you bite off the apple, you never know what's going to happen. Praise the Lord. Just want to make sure that I'm not getting sent last minute, <clears throat> last minute announcements and I forget them. <clears throat> the one thing that I just want to express is my deep gratitude on behalf of my entire team from Bethel Tabernacle and all of the amazing volunteers and counselors and staff. And uh, it's just been incredible. It has exceeded all of our expectations and you made that possible, and on behalf of all of us who have put on this camp, and I'm probably the least uh, of, of the one, and, uh, but I just want to say thank you. Amen. Give yourself a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's, it's our third year, and uh, we have this new facility. This is our first time using it. I trust that you've enjoyed it and that um, you feel like it's time well spent, resources and money well spent. I hope your parents feel that way. Amen. We certainly um, have endeavored to try to think of everything we possibly could, that you're never totally successful in that. And I'm glad <clears throat> that the Lord doesn't, you know, greatest uh, on our wins and losses. I'm glad he looks at our heart and sees our intent. I'm glad it's that way in my Christian life. I'm glad the Lord doesn't look at my W and my L columns, you know, and say, well, these losses are piling up. Yeah, I know it, Lord. I'm really sorry. You know, but, but the Lord looks on our heart. And David asked the Lord that. He said, please don't judge me by my works and my deeds. Please look at my heart. 
And that's what we're trusting the Lord. I hope you will look at our heart and our intention. I hope that you have enjoyed this deeply southern South Carolina camp. I hope you like the flavor. Amen. Amen. You have to come south to get good cooking. Sorry, northerners. But so we, we have our own way of doing things. We don't care too much how you do it up where you live. Um, we're kind of that way. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, we, we love the Lord with all of our heart. And we love you. And we're glad you are here. And we trust it was a great benefit. You know, uh, like Brother Branham said, if you're eating cherry pie and you come to a seed, and don't throw the whole pie out. You know, if it, after today, uh, by today's ending of today's service, you will have accumulated, you will have sit through about 18 hours of singing and worship, ministry of the word and prayer. Is it well spent? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and I just want to, so, you know, uh, if, if, if there was a, a few minutes or some minutes against that 18 hours, please don't let some minutes Throw 18 hours out of your head. I believe it was a great value uh, to the Lord's bride. Amen. So we're thankful to the Lord for that. We hope to do it again next year. If we're here, we hope we're not here. So we hope we don't do it next year. But if we're here, we do plan to do it again. And we invite you all to come back. I'd like to say bring somebody, but you won't be able to because the camp was full within about an hour and then we had 75 people on a waiting list. We just had to turn it off. And I apologize to all of those who didn't get to come. So just next year, have your trigger finger ready and be ready when the registration opens and click quickly. Amen. Use, use a sniper app and just, you know, click five times for five of your friends. Amen. And uh, we, we hope to, to be able, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, we... This, this camp was a lot more costly, and we were able, by the help of the Lord, to subsidize your price, amen, and the price of the counselors. I would have loved to have subsidized everybody's price. I just couldn't afford it. And uh, the team is telling me already next year, Brother Jason, we're going to have to, you know, charge what we're getting charged. And I haven't agreed to that. So you pray for me to stand strong against all my team. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I haven't agreed to do that yet. So uh, I hope next year by the help of the Lord. Hey, I'll tell you what you can do. They sent me an announcement. Said concessions are half price today. So don't, don't run out now. Don't run out now. Don't take off. But after the service concessions are half price we they figured that they said yeah we we sold a lot but uh we you know it'd be better to instead of carrying it home so so tell everybody that they can have it for half price and if you get at the back of the line you might get it free i don't know i'm just saying don't quote me on that amen i'll deny it but but amen and so hey you know what that does that helps that helps me our our concessions and hey how about that gourmet coffee bar Wow. Wow. And I'd like to thank Brother Kenny and uh, Sister Caitlin, who are the owners of the Urban Brew, and Sister Anita now working with them. And they came here and worked uh, tirelessly. That coffee bar just stayed hopping around the clock. 
and uh, Brother Ken and uh, Sister Nita and Sister Caitlin uh, donated all the supplies. Everything that made your coffee, they donated. And, and all of the sales, that everything you bought goes back into our fund to help offset some of the subsidy. The subsidy to have all y'all here was about 17 grand. And so go buy some hot chocolate when you leave here. Go buy some more coffee. Go get a candy bar. Go do something and uh, help, help me get some of that back. We're willing to lose. I think you're worth it because if, if, I, if it's our loss, but if it's your gain, then I just say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. <clears throat> to all of my uh, team members, to all of our counselors, to all of our uh, workers who work tirelessly behind the scenes, who all today have that end of camp stare. <laughs> when you look them in the eye, they just have that end of camp stare. And uh, don't, don't chain too many words together in a sentence. They won't catch it. So talk slow because they're pretty tired. Amen. And we're just asking the Lord to uh, rejuvenate them. <clears throat> and, you know, we, we certainly have appreciated the ministry. My goodness, what quality ministry. My, my. My goodness. I, I had such a hard time being behaving myself. I have a, a situation where I, you know, probably 12, I don't remember how many weeks or months ago, uh, the devil attacked me with shingles. It went in my eye. I've had a second run of it. So I'm under doctor's orders to not get too excited. And I'm easily excited. So it's been difficult. And, um, and after Friday night service and I helped Brother Andrew preach, uh, I was really, uh, you know, in all the prayer line and the, the, what you put out for that, it, my eye was swelling up and I could feel it. So I, I told Brother Andrew, I hate to have to sit on you on Friday night, but I'll raise my hand and I'll say amen. But then uh, last night with Brother Josh, he pulled me up out of my seat. I couldn't stay seated. So I just had to run and chase him down silently. Amen. But uh, so I apologize for that. If it looked like I was inconsistent, believe me, I was enjoying it all. And like my dad said, I, I would I would have liked to have rose up, blowed through the roof and landed in the lake. But that was how I felt. But I, I couldn't do that. But I appreciate the Lord coming. I think our prayer line last night, you know, all that is, friends, if, if anybody, you know, asks a question about that, it, all we're doing is carrying on the traditions of William Branham. He held prayer meetings. He held prayer lines. He designated special calendar events. He would, uh, he would adjust his sermon to meet that because that builds faith. That builds an expectation. And so we're just continuing what our prophet did. And, and I know that you gained a great benefit from it. We plan to do that till the Lord comes. I think that the, the people have a right to call for the elders of the church to lay hands upon them and pray. Amen. And the way we do it here, that's a little bit unique to us. That's kind of how we roll. Uh, that gives you an opportunity to come up and express your heart. You're not just run through quickly. I'm not, I have no problem with those kinds of gauntlet prayer lines. My dad went through one of those with Brother Branham, and my dad wanted the discernment line. And when Brother Branham said, we can't do that, and, and we're just going to have to line up some preachers here and make a gauntlet and run the people through and just quickly lay your hands on them, and uh, my, dad, my dad said, he said, I said, no, Lord, that's not what I wanted. 
And so, but then he said, man, he said, when that prayer line started, they were, they were taking them through, and Brother Branham was right in the middle. And, and as my dad came through, Brother Branham wasn't stopping anybody. Just, Lord bless him, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And he said, my dad got right in front of me. He stopped and grabbed my dad by the arm and pulled him in close. And he stuck his finger in his face, and he said, you believe, don't you, son? My dad said, yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Seven hours away, I was healed instantly of an incurable blood disease. God still moves. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> And I, I firmly, I firmly, uh, and that's another thing is my voice. I don't know what happened. So it's just maybe the Lord did that to keep me from damaging my, I don't know. This, it's up to God. I don't, it's, I don't keep up with it. It's whatever the Lord wants. Amen. But, um, you know, I, I know that the Lord was helping you last night in your needs. Amen. I'm going to get out of the way because if I stay here too long, I'll open a text and start preaching. But I'm looking forward to uh, the, the continuation from Brother Josh last night. I so enjoyed that. Amen. Made so many notes and took so many notes. I didn't take a single note of Brother Andrew because there's no way to do that. You can't keep up with him. I got his two opening scriptures and just closed my iPad. I said, this is pointless. So I'll have to go back and get the archive and make all my notes. I have notes from every sermon I've ever heard. Going back years, years, and years. And... and and so, but, but, but I was able to take copious amounts of notes from Brother Josh, and I'm going to go home and preach all of it. So, amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We love you in Christ, and we hope uh, to meet you in the morning. If, if, we, if we don't meet again on this earth, my precious friend, I'll see you in the rapture. Hallelujah. Is that a pledge? I'll see you in the rapture. Hallelujah. And lastly, we want to just be remembering this special day, the, the saints there in Johnson City with hurting hearts, and they went back home today, and uh, their counselors and workers, and, and let's be remembering them all through the day. Some of the ministry, uh, Brother Andrew headed back, Brother Barry and different ones, Brother Diggs and different ones, and a lot of people are wanting to get back to attend uh, the funeral of our dear sister Erica. So will you keep remembering them and the family, Brother Donnie and Sister Carol? Amen. Will you do that? Can, can I count on you? When you leave camp today, just be praying for that church and that family. That's a hard, hard loss. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Brother Tony. Casey and Hannah. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Amen. We, well, first of all, very sorry. This weekend has been tremendous. And I was shouting from the time that we had the first service till now. So, like, when they say make a joyful noise, <laughs> hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I'm going to be croaking a little bit. But um, I just wanted to briefly say, like, this whole weekend, the Lord has just really been using the, the different ministers and speaking to my heart and just confirming different things. And I was going, uh, walking around one of the days and just thinking about how, 
little I am and how big God is. And it's even more like clear to like visualize when you're three Canadians, four Canadians in a sea of, of like 400 plus Americans. You're like, wow, Lord, I am small. But, but um, even still in the middle of that, he comes and he personally deals with you and it just reconfirms to you that he knows your name and he called your name. And it was just such a, a blessing to my heart. So I'm so glad that we came and yeah, bear with us, but we're gonna, gonna try and do this this morning. Oh, I'm actually not going to start there, Joe. Like, God is good. Yes, God is good. For his compassion unfailing. Lift your voice to shout his praises. God is good, forever faithful. the Lord and most worthy of praise in the city of our God the holy place the joy of the against the enemy. 
right now, so I just ask that y'all just keep me in your prayers. Um, services has definitely been a blessing. The past few nights, God has definitely spoke to my heart. We have so much to be grateful for, to give God praise, so much things we may take for granted. Um, a while back, there was this preacher was sitting in service, and question he asked, he was like, what has God done for you not to want to worship and praise him. And those words just stuck with me. Um, but I pray that this song blesses you like it's blessed my heart when I first heard it. And if you know the words, just please sing along.
There we go. I'm gonna sing till my heart starts changing. Oh, I'm gonna worship till I mean every word. Cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are. What you deserve I give you my worship You still deserve it You're worthy You're worthy You're worthy of my song I'll pour out your praises And blessing and breaking Promise you made 
Jason said it. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> so as uh, Brother Jason was saying, Brother Andrew took my voice and then just enjoying myself with the young people on Saturday morning, my voice is gone. So uh, I'm going to try not to make these two young ladies sound bad. Amen. Y'all pray for us. Amen. It's the season for change No matter how you reason it out We have reached the junction of time A point of no return It's the season for change No matter how you reason it out we have reached the junction of time, the point of no return. My body changes with me, I'll soon be changing dimensions. The rapture in faith is in me, the word is changing me. Dimensions. The rapture in faith is in me. The word is changing me. It's the season for change. It's the season for change. Mend all your ways, straighten your life. Cause it's later than you think It's the season for change It's the season for change Mend all your ways Straighten your life Cause it's later than you think It's the season for change My body changed to waste me 
I'll soon be changing dimensions. The rapture and faith is in me. The word is changing me. My body changed waste me. I'll soon be changing dimensions. The rapture and faith is in me. The word is changing me. It's the season for change. It won't be long. I shall behold him. Christ in his beauty, King of Salem. It won't be long. I shall behold him. Christ in his beauty, King of Salem. It won't be long. I shall behold him. Christ in his beauty, King of Salem. It won't be long. I shall behold him. Christ in his beauty. King of Salem, it won't be long. I shall behold him, Christ in his beauty. King of Salem, it won't be long. I shall behold him, Christ in his beauty. King of Salem, my body, my body changed away me. I'll soon be changing. The rapture and faith is in me The word is changing me My body changed awaits me I'll soon be changing dimensions The rapture and faith is in me The word is changing me It's the season for change Season for change. Everybody said that with me. It's a season for change. 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 One more time. Everybody say, it's a season for change. It's a season for change. stand. How many is ready for the word this morning? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand, man. And because he lives, amen, as brother Josh comes. Because he lives, I can face because he lives all fear is gone because I know 
travel to Jerusalem or go to the place where, you know, they, they, they lay the Lord to look at an empty tomb to know that he lives because he's living in our hearts this morning. Amen. And I'm so thankful that, amen, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We certainly are honored to be here once again, and we just want to um, thank Brother Jason for this invitation, and amen, we appreciate each one of you, and amen, have you enjoyed the the, the moving of the Spirit, and amen, God's just been so good, and amen, so we just thank God for what, the thing, the great things that He has done, may we just bow our heads this morning, as we pray, if you have a need, just lift it up to the Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you once again for another opportunity, and Lord, we come to the end of these meetings, and the last service now, but Lord, this is a a special day to us because we've gathered here this morning in the honor of your resurrection. And, and Lord, we know that you are in, you're truly a living God. And, and so, God, we're just, Lord, so, so thankful, God, to be in your presence. And, Lord, to, to, to be able to come and, 
and unite our hearts together in a, in a, in a service like this. And we look out and see all these young people and, and just to... A few moments now, they'll they'll be going their separate ways and going back to their homes and their churches and their families and school and all the the things that uh, the and and Lord, I know that Lord they they come here with troubles and and Lord there was heavy things on their hearts and and Lord, but we believe that you have you have passed by this way and Lord, there's been victories won and deliverances has taken place and we thank you for those things but God we know that they're going to have to go back now and and live their lives but but Lord I pray God that Lord it would be different because Lord they'll realize that greater is he that's in them than he that's in the world Lord there's something inside of them that's greater than the troubles that they'll face Lord we're just asking God that you'd let that blessed assurance just rest down in every heart now and and so, God, as we approach your word, Lord, we pray that you would just come. We know your word is anointed, but, God, we're asking that you would anoint our hearts. And, Lord, just uh, uh, I pray, God, that, that every heart would be, Lord, become a resting place for that word to drop down into it. And, Lord, that we would leave here with something in our hearts. Lord, may we could leave with a testimony, Lord, like the two that walked with you on the road that day. Did not our hearts burn within us? as you spoke with us along the way. Lord, be with uh, the church there in Johnson City at this time. And Brother Reagan and his family, I pray, God, that there would be a special grace extended to them. And Lord, I, we know, God, that where more grace is needed, Lord, you supply more grace. And so, God, we're just praying that the presence of God would be with them there. And, Lord, that you would be with us here this morning and just have your way in this service. We ask these things humbly now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you take your Bibles, we'll turn to the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And I'd like to continue on into the 12th chapter. And then I'd like to also read from the book of 1 Corinthians um, in the 9th chapter there. And uh, we, um, our, my voice is weak. Amen. But if you'll help me, amen, we're going to try to. Just preach. I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to give you, I'll just give it to the Lord, everything we got. Amen. And so I uh, appreciate, amen, the, the, the monitors, amen. So it sounds good, and I appreciate that help. That'll be a great help to me as well. Amen. Hebrews 11 and verse number 32. What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon. And of Barak and of Samson and of Jethai and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. They were 
They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in the caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'd like to read from the 24th verse, 1 Corinthians 9. Paul says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Amen. I'd like to speak to you this morning on let us run. Amen. You can have your seats. You can see here in the scripture that Paul is, is using the example of a race. I believe that Paul, in that time, you know, the Greeks especially, they were well known for being very competitive in their and they had a lot of games and races and things of that nature. I figure uh, that most of you would understand those things. And, and, um, and there's been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, the uh, games played here even and things that you've done. And, and, and you know, they, Paul is, is using that as an example. Uh, and he's, he's actually using a race that, that would be run as an example of our Christian life. And, and, and so we know that uh, in this race that Paul is speaking of here, it's not, a, it's not necessarily a race of speed, but it's a race of endurance because we know that he said, let us run this race with patience. So, so it's not talking about necessarily who, who's going to, you know, a, a race of, of, of speed, but it's a race of endurance. And I believe that the Bible says that, or Jesus would say there in the scripture that you'll be hated of, of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. See, it's not, it's not the one that starts the race. It's the, it's the one that finishes. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. 
Amen. So, you know, I believe that uh, uh, we've got to endure. Now, Paul was giving us these examples. We know in the book of Hebrews there in the 11th chapter, that's the, that's the, uh, the heroes of the faith. And, and God put these things in the scripture to give us examples that we could look into the word of God. How many believe the word of God is a mirror? And the, and, and, and the prophet said that we got to look in the word and we got to find something in, in the scripture. We got to find somebody in the scripture that we identify ourselves, amen, with that, with that Bible character there, amen, because we know that if we can do that, then we can see that if they were able to overcome, amen, then we also will overcome. Is that right? So we God, God placed these things in the scripture, and Paul was writing of the great heroes of the faith, and then he continues on there in Hebrews 12 and says, now, being that we're so compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run. Let us run this race with patience that's been set before us. And then he gives us a, 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 a you know, instruction that while, while we're running this race, we got to keep our eyes on one thing and one thing alone. Amen. Looking unto Jesus. Amen. Who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Look, as we look at this, amen, Paul said, we got to lay aside every weight. Amen. We got to lay aside every sin that so easily besets us. Now, the prophet would say, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed. Amen. He said, until the next revival? No. No. Until the day of redemption. Is that right? Amen. There's no ups and downs and ins and outs. When you really get into God, if you're really in him, not just impersonating something, but when you're really in Christ, you're, you're, you've got one alternative. Your whole heart is sold out. Every bridge is burnt behind you, and you've got your affection set on the things which are above, and you run the race with patience that's set before you. Is that right? Amen. Watch as he goes on in another place. This is in the word made flesh there. Uh, uh, he says they had their opportunity. They had their opportunity. He's talking about, amen, those that went before us. They had their opportunity. He said, and we've got ours. What are we going to do with it? See, amen. What are we going to do with our opportunity? Listen, listen to me this morning. This is your opportunity. Amen. They had their time, but this is your time. He said, amen. What are we going to do with it? See, he says, he said, uh, oh, just make every ounce of it count for the Lord Jesus. Have no time for the things of the world. Lay aside every weight that does so easily beset you and let us run this race with patience that's set before us. Let's love the Lord Jesus. Let's be kind to one another. Let's be kind to our enemies. Let's just love everybody. No matter what they've done, love them anyhow. And if you can't do that, brother, sister, you need to find an altar. Amen, that's what the word of God says. Amen, listen, he, go, he goes on just building a foundation now. He said, but what we need tonight is a great big bundle full of the love of God poured down into our heart. Amen, all the differences washed away and bury it out with the old years it passes. Let's just go now. Let's start a new life, a new beginning. Amen, if you're already born into the kingdom of God, if you already got the Holy Spirit in you, then the only thing you have to do is cut loose from the things of the world that's holding you down. Down. Amen. And let us lay aside every weight and every sin beset us that we might run with patience the life, the race that is set before us. Amen. Lay aside every weight. He said, that's what's the matter with people today. They're trying to pack up to be Christians. If there's anything you need is to unpack 
to be a Christian. Listen, the journey that we're going on, we're not packing for it. We're unpacking. Amen. The prophet says, if there's anything we need to do is unpack. We got too many things hanging on now. And one of them say, now, mother, you know, I, I, I couldn't go along unless I could take my car table. So he hangs on to the, to, amen, and he tries to bring that on over onto the camel now. Amen, he's riding a camel, see. Amen, in this journey, he's trying to pack that with him on the camel. He said, because you know the other boys won't appreciate me. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna go along. I can't go if I can't take my car table along with me. And all these other little things that keeps you, see. Amen, a little box of selfishness. And you have to hang on to that too. And you hang on to a little tattling and a little backbiting and a little of this. And, and you try to hang that on the camel. And the first thing you know, you jump up a straddle that old camel and say, come on now, let's go. And that old camel can hardly move. He's so mashed down. Amen, so hard till he's bow-legged almost. Amen, and you're kicking and complaining about your church. And amen, and, 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 and yeah, amen, but you're so loaded up. Amen, until you can't run. That's what's the matter. We need to unload and walk wash up and clean up and get right. Hallelujah. How many believe that's the truth? Amen. Listen, friends. Amen. I believe a lot of us has come up short. Amen. And we blamed it on the church and we blamed it on the, on the preacher and we blamed it on this problem and that problem. But the prophet of God said, really, amen, what the problem is, is we got too many things hanging on us that's holding us down. Amen. That's weighing us down. That's holding us back. He said, what we need to do is turn loose and lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily possesses us and let us run. Hallelujah. I believe a lot of you was unpacking last night. Amen. I believe you can run a little better today because you're a lot lighter. Amen. But the thing about it is, amen, when you put weight off, you got to keep it off. Come on, you can talk to, amen, you can talk to some of these in here, and I'm not going to start naming names. I, I know better than that, but, amen, you can talk to some that's been in that, 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 that you know, in that way, and, and you're trying to shed a few pounds, and, amen, and, you know, amen, but, but, the, but the thing about it is sometimes you, can, sometimes you can get rid of it, amen, but can you keep it off? And I tell you what, amen, you can't do that with just having a diet every now and then. You actually got to change. You got to change the way you live. You got to change the way you think. It's got to. It's got to be different. See, Amen. It's got to be something that's continually in your. Amen. That that, that that's. Uh, amen. I, I, let me just go ahead and move on. <laughs> yeah, he said I'm already in trouble. So I know it, brother Homer Longoria. You know, he told me a long time ago. He said, "Listen, brother." Only fat people can talk about fat people. <laughs> Amen. And he told me, he said, if you had a pinstripe suit, it wouldn't have but one stripe. But I also learned that you never quote Homer Longoria. <laughs> Only he can say the things that he says. But the prophet said, he said, I'm laying aside every weight that so easily besets me. I've got to run this race, see, with patience. For straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. Amen, there's only room for you and Jesus. Amen, there's only room for, amen, listen, amen, on the camel, there's only room for you and Jesus. Can't bring all that stuff with you. Amen. He says, in another place, he said, that's it, just separate yourself from everything. 
I'll have to say this. Look, I hope it finds a resting place because I never thought it premeditated. Maybe that's the reason some of us are not getting along so well. We're holding on to things that we ought to let go. See, it's separation. See, we're holding on to a little doubt or a little wonder or a little skeptic or I wonder if it's right or could this be or could that be or how could it be? He said, cut loose this morning. Hebrews 12 said, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. See, amen, what is sin? Sin is unbelief. Amen, that does so easily beset and let us run. Hallelujah. The race is set looking to Christ who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Brother Branham said there's an old proverb that's more than a proverb. He said, no matter how or who is there first, you have to play the rules of the game or you'll never win. If a runner is running around the track and one takes a shortcut and cuts through the field and beats the other uh, by a half hour, He'll still he will be disqualified. See, he'll be disqualified at the end of the race. He's got to play it according to the rules of the game or he's disqualified. And that's the way we have to do the race of life we're running now. It's got to be played according to God's qualifications or we're going to lose when we get there, see? Whether we be president or whether, amen, we be, uh, I'm sorry, whether we be a president or a governor or a minister or what church we belong to or what denomination, the rules of the game has to be kept. We must run it fair. We must run it by the rules. We must preach the word. We must do it, do it willingly. And Paul said, I believe there in Hebrews 12, that scene we're so compassed about with such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us that we might run with patience the race that is set before us. Paul is speaking of the Olympics and so forth. Amen, that was in Greece and in Rome. And so he knowed, amen, that they had to play the game fair. For if you did not, you'd be disqualified. And let me just say this tonight. Amen, it's the same thing with you. There ain't no shortcuts. There ain't no bypasses. Amen, there's only one way. Listen, friends, I believe with all my, I know it ain't popular preaching no more, but I still believe there ain't but one way to get to heaven. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God above us all, working in us all, and there is no shortcuts. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you get there and you come any other way but by the door, amen, then you'll be cast out. Is that right? Amen. God put it in the scripture when a man climbed up and got in there some other way, but he didn't have on the right garment. What did they do? They took him and bound him hand and foot and cast him out. He was disqualified because he didn't come God's provided way. There's no shortcuts, friends. He says, he says, Right uh, before that, previous to that, he gave the great 11th chapter of Hebrews, which gives the heroes of the faith, by faith Moses, by faith Abraham, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, all the great heroes of the faith, then saying, seeing that we're so compassed about with such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. Man, and here we are tonight, right in the shadows of the coming of the Son of God. And yet we find the church in an anemic condition. We ought to be a great, strong, mighty warriors of the faith that would shake a nation. God, give it to us. 
We would just receive it, see. Amen. So there's, so there's little things upon us that's holding us back from running. But let us lay aside all those little weights now because we're looking to the author and the finisher of our faith, which is Jesus Christ, who, who made man on the earth, amen, and dwelt among, was made man, rather, and dwelt among us and was made sin, that through his righteousness, we might be forgiven of our sins and he become us sinners that we might become his righteousness. And otherwise like this, he became me that I might become him. He was the son of God. I was a sinner, but he took my place. Amen. That I might take his place. Hallelujah. Amen. Why did he do that? Amen. That he might give you the ability to run this race. Now, now watch because Brother Branham in the church age book would, would show that one of the uh, rewards to the overcomer would be a crown of life. And the prophet of God took that and he ties it back with 1 Corinthians 9, which we read. And Paul says, know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you might obtain. Now watch what Brother Brown said. A crown given to a winner of an Olympic race was a garland of olive branches. But the crown spoken here in Revelation that's given to a martyr is a crown of royalty. Jesus calls it the crown of life. The crown, amen, the, the one crown is for those that have striven. Amen, the other is for those that have given. So in other words, he's showing the reward is the same uh, the, the, the same reward that's given to a martyr that actually give their life for the cause of the gospel is given to a believer who lives their life for the cause of the gospel. One is given their life. One is living their life. Amen. But listen, friends, whether you're striving or whether you're, 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 you're giving, amen, it makes no difference. And by the way, the prophet of God said, it's the same faith, the same faith that was in them that give them the ability to actually lay down their life for the cause of Christ is the same faith that's in you that gives you the ability to live your life for the cause of Christ. And the reward is the same. And he says it's the crown of life. Now, you know, we're not running for, amen, because watch what the prophet of God said. He said, he said both crowns are incorruptible. They will not perish the winners of a, uh, a race out here in the world will, uh, will, will soon lose the, the, the joy of the applause of the world. Their glory will fail. Those who have given their lives for God, either by daily striving for shedding their blood for a crown, amen, of, of sacrifice, amen, they will be given a crown of life. And the crown that they are given will never, will never diminish. Listen, friends, we're not running this race, amen, for the applause of men. We're not running to be recognized or, or that our name would be great upon the earth. We're not running, amen, to see who could be the greatest. This is not a competition like that. We're not running competing against one another, amen, to see who, who could be the best or who could sing the best or who can preach the best, amen. We're not running for that kind of a crown. We're running for the crown of eternal life, Hallelujah, you're actually running for your life. And your reward is a reward of eternal life. Because I want to tell you, amen, listen, you can look, at the, look out here at Hollywood. Look out into the sports world, amen, and they got their stars and, and, their, and there's great athletes and there's movie stars and, and their name and they're well known. And, but listen, 
their beauty will fade. Their abilities will diminish. Amen. And one day they'll be forgotten. Come on, friends. It's not that kind of race. And it's not that kind of crown. Watch what the Bible says. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Paul, speaking to the Galatians, the Galatian church there in Galatians 5, he said, you did run well, but what hindered you? Is that right? Amen, you did run. In other words, you started out good, but what hindered you? Watch what Brother Brown said in the message, why am I against organized religion? He said, that's exactly what happened to our Pentecostal churches they did exactly what their mother did at the beginning. See, they come out of people that rejected denominations. And, and some of you brethren listen to this tape. But some of you old men, you know that years ago, 40, 50 years ago, amen, if they had talked to you about organization, you, you'd have said it was blasphemy. But today you belong to the very thing that you thought was blasphemy. And you women that bob your hair and paint your face, your mother was against that. Amen, that good old Pentecostal saint, what happened to you? Paul said you did run well. What hindered you see? Amen. Back there, amen, you was free from that stuff, but, but you wanted to be like the rest of them. Amen. And, and what do we see? That things that used to be wrong begin to creep back into the church, and the things that we used to stand against begin to creep back into the church. Amen. And Paul's, amen, telling the Galatian church, listen, you started out good, but what happened? You did run well, but what happened? What hindered you? Let me tell you something, young people. Don't you let nothing hinder you in this race. And don't you let nothing come between you and the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Listen. Amen. Listen. God is not looking for somebody to start. He's looking for somebody to finish. He that endures to the end. Now, the scripture I read last night, Paul said in Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me, neither I count my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish, so that I may finish my course with joy. One great athlete said this, the will to win means nothing without the will to prepare. Let me tell you something. You don't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to run a marathon. <laughs> You'll kill yourself. <laughs> you you, you got to train. You got to build up. You got to, you know what they say too? They say in training to run, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you, run as far as you can, as far as you possibly can. And then when you get to that point, turn around and run back. In other words, you got to, it's going to hurt. You got to push yourself. Amen. So run as far as you can. And then when you get to that point, turn around and run back. Listen, you got to, it's going to take some training. It's going to take some determination. You're going to have to be persevering. You're going to have to, listen, friends, it takes determination to serve God. You can't just serve God when you feel good. You can't just, you know, uh, be a Christian, amen, uh, when you feel like it. Because I'm going to tell you, there's going to be days you don't feel like it. 
And I tell you one thing, you talk to these athletes out here, there's days they don't feel like going to practice. There's days they don't want to go to practice. There's days they don't want to go to the gym. Amen. They'd love to be doing other things and playing video games or whatever more. Amen. But but listen, friends, they got to do it when they feel like it and when they don't feel like it. Amen. And it's not even just, a, a, like I said, it can't be like a diet. Listen, they, they got to eat a certain way. Amen. They got to live a certain way. Amen. They can't eat the things they want to eat and just do the things they want to do. Amen. They got to eat a certain diet. Amen. They got to, uh, their life has got to be, uh, and listen, it can't be just a lifestyle. Amen. I know they say today, you know, it, 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 Christianity is a lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. It's, not, it's, it's more than that. It's, a, it's an actual literal life. It's not just a lifestyle. It's a literal life. Listen, it's got to become who you are. Tell you something. Amen. Them people out here, amen, them athletes out here, that's not something they do. That's their identity. They become that. It's who they are. It's all they think about. <laughs> and so... I want to just say this. When you start a race, when you start a race, you actually got to see yourself at the finish line. It, 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 you you got to gotta have a vision of the finish line before you ever start. How many knows Brother Brown talked about a little boy one time and he, he uh, they was having this competition and who could ride a bicycle across this this bridge and it was just a very narrow thing you know and 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 all these boys and brother Bram said this little sissy boy that's what brother Bram said he called him a little sissy boy he said and, and and all the other boys was making fun of him and all this stuff but he was watching them and they get up on the plank and they was riding their bicycle and, and he said and they were looking down at the at the plank you know and as they were watching that they were trying to stay on it he said but they were go to tottering and 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 and, and you know wavering and even because they were looking down they were looking at, right in front of them and they were looking at that plank and he said and they were all falling off and and this little sissy boy, he climbed up on the bicycle and he began riding that bicycle across that plank and he rode it straight to the other side. And all them other boys come and said, man, how'd you do that? He said, well, I watched y'all and I watched what you were doing and I watched that you were looking down the whole time. He said, but I just set my eyes toward the finish line. He said, and I never looked at anything else. I just looked at the finish line and he rode straight across. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If you're looking down, you're going to go down. If you're looking around you, you're going to fall to the left or to the right. If you're worried about your neighbor, amen, if you're looking at everybody else, amen, listen, you're going to fail. But if you look under Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, look at the finish line. I'm going to give you a, a, a few examples just to, I'm just going to give you something this morning to encourage you and so that you leave here with this camp with something in your heart. I'm going to give you a few examples. In 1986, in the New York City Marathon, there was almost 20,000 runners that entered that race. But what is most memorable is not who won, but who finished last. His name was Bob Wyland. He finished uh, 19,430 
our 413th, dead last. But Bob completed the New York Marathon in four days, two hours, and 47 minutes and 17 seconds. It was unquestionably the slowest marathon in history ever. But what made, but what made Bob, Bob Wyland's marathon so special was that he run with his arms. 17 years before, while he was in Vietnam, his legs were blown off in battle. So he sat on a 15-pound saddle. He put leather pads on his hands, and he catapulted himself that complete marathon. Listen, that's endurance. And I'm going to ask you something. What's your excuse? Think about it this morning. Think about all the reasons why we quit and give up. Well, somebody hurt my feelings or... Well, you know, the preacher didn't shake my hand and, 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 and I didn't get to sing. And, you know, and, and we got all these reasons. And, you know, well, we, we, I went through a, a, a church split and, and you just don't know the problems that I face. And, and, and you just, listen, friends, amen, this man had his legs blowed off. Amen. And he said, but I'm not going to let that, I am not going to let that, be, I'm not going to become a victim. I'm going to be a victor. There's a, there's, a, there's a few years ago, I, I, I got a little farm back home and, and we enjoy that. And, 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 but a, a few years ago, I found this guy on the internet and he, he was called the, the harmless farmer, but actually he had no arms. He, he completely, when he was just a little child, he was just a, I think, six-year-old boy. He got his, both hands stuck in, a, in, a, in an auger and a grain uh, card and it literally ripped his arms off his body. One side, he didn't even have a shoulder. And his mama told his daddy, he, she said, we're not going to treat him any different from any of our other kids. Could you imagine? We're not, we're not, we're not going to treat him any different. He ain't got no arms. We're not going to treat him any different. You know what that guy, I mean, you can go, he, he, he passed away recently. Um, he had cancer, but, but he lived his whole life. He farmed. He drove tractors. He drove his own truck. He put gas in his own truck. He worked on equipment. He hooked up implements to tractors with no arms. I'm telling you, he did. You can go watch him. He does everything with his feet. He fed himself. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he wasn't dependent on nobody else. He said, I refuse, amen, to, to, to live my life, amen, to, uh, to let this cripple me in such a way that I become a victim to it. I'm not going to surrender to it. I might not have arms, but I got spirit. Hallelujah. And listen, friends, there might be all kind of things and all kind of reasons and all kind of things that happen to you, amen, that's crippled you in some kind of way. But let me tell you, if you still got spirit, hallelujah. And I'll tell you something about this race. If you keep running, maybe you ain't got no legs. But if you just keep running with your arms, if you run long enough, you'll get your legs back. Hallelujah. Amen. Because when we get to the end of this race, we got a new body. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All wrongs will be made right. That's why Paul would say, I fought a good fight. 
Amen. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but unto all them which also love his appearing. How many loves his appearing this morning? Listen, friends. Amen. I want to have the testimony at the end of the road, Brother Jason. I want to have the testimony that Paul had. I fought the good fight. I might not have been the best. I might not have been the greatest. I might not have killed the most devils. Amen. But I fought a good fight. I did what I could. Hallelujah. I never give up. I never back down. I never give in. No matter what the opposition, I kept the faith. In 1980, there was a man by the name of Bill Broadhurst. He hadn't ran, ran in any races for years since his high school days, but he decided that he was going to run in the, in the Pepsi Challenge 10K. Sent in his application. He wasn't sure if they'd let him in, but they sent back. He, was, he entered into the race, and so he began to prepare himself, train, and his major reason for wanting to run in this race was because there was a man by the name of Bill Rogers that was a nationally known runner and he was also competing in that challenge and, 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 and this, this gentleman, uh, Bill Broadhurst, had looked up to him and admired him and he wanted to run beside him. The reason why he hadn't run a race in all them years is because when he was in the prime of his life, he had suffered an aneurysm that caused the doctors to question if he had ever even walked. And they, they, they let, let alone run. But he continually took on the impossible and met the challenge. And eventually he did learn to walk. But as, as he walked, he always was dragging one foot. He could step with one and drag the other. Step with one and drag the other. And that's the way he walked. And that's also the way he ran. And so he went and he entered the race and when they started the race, for the first few moments, he ran with the rest of the runners. And, and for a little while, he could see them in the distance. But after a while, they went clean out of his sight. And then after a while, he began to hear their footsteps as they as coming back behind him. They were actually lapping him. And they, and they run by him again and and so they have finished the race and for a little while, you know, some of the people stood along the roads as they do and, and cheered him on. But after a while, you know, they had things to do and places to go and people began to disperse and even the police officers tried to stay for a while to block the traffic and so forth. But after a while, they had to go back to their jobs and they removed all the markers and, and they even said that after a little while as he was running down the the the. the the track or the, the road there, the marathon, the path that they had set and dragging his leg, the children begin to come out and make fun of him and taunt him and, 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 and ridicule him, and, but he just kept on running. And listen, there was nobody around. It got to a place that he said that he felt like he had become the forgotten man and there was nobody there to witness this achievement. There was nobody there to, to, you know, uh, to cheer him on or, or, or anything like that. He was just running all by himself, but with sheer determination, he said, I'm going to finish this race. It don't matter if nobody else sees it, I'm going to finish this race. 
and he just kept on running. And he got close to that finish line. And when he did, what he didn't know was that all the runners that had been a part of that race, including uh, uh, Bill Rogers that had actually won the race, had, had hid themselves in the alleys right at the finish line. And right about the time, Brother Jason, that he was getting ready to cross that finish line, they come pouring out of the alleys and they begin cheering him. Amen. And they lifted him up. Amen. On their shoulders and carried him. And Bill Rogers, which had won the, the, the race, amen, took the prize and, and put it over his neck. And he said, today, you're the real winner of this race. And when I read that story, I got to thinking about it. I thought sometimes, amen, we're ridiculed, made fun of. We feel like that we're forgotten and we feel like we're all by ourselves. Amen. And we feel like we're running all alone. But there's a great cloud of witnesses. And when we get to the finish line, hallelujah, amen, they're going to step over. There's going to be such a blending of dimensions that they're going to come in and we're going to see them and we're going to hear their cheers. Hallelujah. Whether you know it or not this morning, amen, they are cheering for you right now. They're saying, press on, run, don't stop. Hallelujah. Somebody has got to finish it. Somebody has got to go to perfection. Oh, my. There was a man... Several years ago, a Chinese gentleman, they invited him to a, the Chinese government actually put together a, a ceremony, invited this gentleman and gave him a great honor. He was a competitor in the 1968 Olympic marathon in Mexico and he actually was a last place finisher. You think... Why in the world would the Chinese government invite a 70-year-old man who finished dead last in the Olympics and give him a great honor? What was the cause of this? It's because when he started running that marathon there in Mexico in 1968, early on in the journey, he stumbled and fell and injured himself immediately. He was out of the runnings. He was, he was no longer a competitor. There was no way he was going to finish in any position. He was not going to receive any medals. He, immediately, it was, as soon as he fell and injured himself, it was over. But he got up, and he continued on. And he just kept on, and he limped his way across that finish line. And a reporter came to him and asked him, said, we don't understand. He said, we, we, why did you do this? Why did you... There was no hope of you even placing, or there was no hope. Why did you do? Why did you continue on? Why did you keep running? He said, "What you don't understand is this is not about me and my accomplishments. I am here representing a nation." And he said, "My nation did not send me to these games to start a race. They sent me here to finish a race." 
Let me tell you something this morning. This ain't about me, and this ain't about you, and this is not about our accomplishments. As I said already, this is not who's the greatest among us and who's the best. Amen. Listen, friends. Amen. We are here representing a kingdom. We are here representing, hallelujah, and God did not send us, amen, here to start a race. He, fit, he sent us here to finish a race. And we may fall down and we may get injured, but what are we going to do? Listen, friends, every soldier falls down. Amen. You're going to fall down. You're going to have failures. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to make mistakes. But what are you going to do? Are you going to lay there and wallow in it? Or are you going to get up? Hallelujah. And press on. Listen, friends, amen. We're going to fall, but we're not going to stay down. Hallelujah. And we're not going to lay in it. And we're not looking for sympathy. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to get up. You got a purpose in your heart. I'm going to just share a couple more stories with you. Just encouragement. There's a little girl, her name was Wilma. She was born prematurely. This produced complications that resulting in her, con uh, uh, she got double pneumonia twice, scarlet fever. But the worst was that she had a really bad bout with polio, which left her with a crooked leg and a twisted foot. She had to wear metal, metal braces. She got stares from the neighborhood kids. Six years of bus rides to Nashville for treatments. It could have driven her to, it could have, she could have took that and went into a, a shell. She could have, you know, just give in to it. But she refused. She was determined not to allow her disability to get in the way of her dreams. Maybe her determination was generated by uh, the faith of her mother who often said, Honey, the most important thing in life is that for you to believe and keep on trying. By age 11, she decided that through sheer determination and a spirit to persevere, Regardless of the circumstance, she forced herself to learn how to walk without braces. By age 12, she had made a wonderful discovery that she could run and jump and play ball. Her older sister was quite a good basketball player, so she decided to challenge her on the court. She began to improve. The two of them uh, ultimately went out for the same school team. Her sister made the final 12, but Wilma didn't. However, because her father would allow... Uh, would, would allow her sister to travel with the team, or, she, or he wouldn't rather allow her to travel alone without her sister. Uh, as a chaperone, Wilma found herself often in the presence of the coach. And one day she built up enough nerve to confront the man. And she, she blurted out to him, she said, if you'll give me 10 minutes of your time every day, and only 10 minutes, I'll give you a world-class athlete. He took her up on it. Shortly thereafter, I'm sorry, um, the result is history. She finally won a starting position on the basketball squad. And then in the second season, she decided to try out for the track team. What a decision. 
In her first race, she beat her girlfriend. Then she beat all the girls in her school. Then every high school girl in the state of Tennessee. Wilma was only 14, but already a champion. Shortly thereafter, although still in high school, she, inv she was invited to join the, uh, uh, the Tiger Bills track team at the Tennessee State University. She began a, a series uh, or I'm sorry, a serious training program after school and on weekends and she improved and continued to win in short dashes in the 440 yard relay and two years later she was invited to try out for the Olympics. She qualified and ran in the 1956 games. She won a bronze medal on, on, as her team placed third in the 440 uh, meter relay. It was a bitter, bittersweet victory. She had won but she decided that next time she was going to win gold. <laughs> and that's exactly what she did. I mean, this is a girl that was walking in leg braces. This is a girl that had a, 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 a twisted foot and, and, and all these things, but she was determined. She persevered. Amen. She refused to give in. Amen. She refused to take no for an answer. Brother Brown said in the message countdown, he said that's how men made these great achievements, these scientific achievements. That's how we got from a horse and buggy to an astronaut age is because there was somebody that believed it was possible and they refused to take no for an answer. Listen, they said, I know some of you's heard me say this before, but they said that man will never fly. They said that in the late 1800s, they were writing newspaper articles about man will never fly. That's reserved for the angels alone. It'll never happen in a thousand years, it won't happen. But there was two old boys over there, amen, that they didn't even finish high school, I don't think, amen, but they had a belief in their heart, amen, that it was not only a possibility, but they was gonna make it a reality, amen. And Wilbur Wright wrote a letter one day and he said, I am afflicted with a belief, amen, that it is in fact possible for a man to fly. And he said, that my affliction is getting worse, amen, and I'm getting so overcome with it that I'm afraid it's gonna cost me everything I got and even my life maybe, amen, but he refused to take no for an answer. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in here this morning that believes that our bodies is gonna be changed in a moment of twinkling of an eye? Listen, friend, science says it can't happen. Amen, amen, the world says it can't happen. They believe you're living in a fairy tale. Amen, but I wanna tell you, I refuse to take no for an answer. And what they did by scientific achievement, I'm doing by the revelation of the word of God. And there's something in my heart. I am afflicted with a belief this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's gonna be a resurrection. There's gonna be a rapture. It's gonna happen. And the world is getting worse and the conditions are getting worse. But I refuse to look at the conditions. I look to the promise. I'm not giving in to Laodicea. I'm not giving in to Satan's Eden. Listen, friends, you got to be perseverant. Paul said in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth unto those things which are before, and I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
Listen to me. On the closing service of this of this uh, camp, Amen. I want to encourage you. Forget the things that's behind you. Amen. Listen, friends. Even if you've been delivered in these meetings, Amen. Forget the things that are behind you. This is a fresh start. This is a new beginning. Don't look back. Don't go back. Don't turn around. Press on. Hallelujah. Reach forth. I'm asking you, young people, where are you going to go from here? Where are you going when you leave this camp? What direction are you going? I tell you what you do. Amen. Don't you look back. You look to the prize of the high calling that's in God through Christ and press. Is there going to be opposition? Yes. Press. The Greeks were well known for their competitive nature and so forth, but they had a they had a unique a, a very unique game, a race that they run, and it was a relay. But in this relay, it was a they run with a torch. It's actually the you know they you, you see them light the torch at the Olympics and so forth, but they run this race with a torch and this race had very little to do with speed um, or who was the fastest because it had to be in, in perfect timing because they could never the, 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 the winner of the race was not who f- crossed the finish line first it's the one that crossed with the torch still lit and they could never put it down it was really a, it was a relay, so they had to hand it off one to the next, and they could never set it down, and it could never go out. And so they would run. They would put all kind of obstacles in their way. And so they had to navigate the obstacles, and they had to do it with their torch still lit. Fire couldn't ever go out. Let me tell you something, friends. I'm telling you, we ain't just going to finish this race. We're going to finish it with a fire burning. Listen to me, young people. Amen. We're not going to, amen. We're not just going to get, just barely make it. We're not just going to just, you know, slide into heaven in the skin of our teeth, just barely make it. A bunch of beat down, amen, discouraged, head hung over. No, we're going to finish this as overcomers. Hallelujah. With a fire burning. Amen. And I'm telling you this, it's not how fast, it's not how fast you run. Is your fire still burning? Hallelujah. Amen. Is there anybody that's going to leave this camp and say, I refuse to let the fire that's burning in my heart in this camp, I will not let it, I will not let it be distinguished. Hallelujah. And they said they had to run with integrity. They had to run with the torch lifted high. They couldn't be ashamed. Come on, friends. You ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. Let me tell you, young people, something. This You young men that look like men and dress like men, you ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. You young girls with your long hair and your modest apparel, you ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. Wear it as a crown. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
It is the power of God unto salvation. I ain't ashamed of the message of this hour. I am not ashamed to be identified with a prophet in the end time and the message that he preached. I am not ashamed of holiness. I listen to I listen to young ladies come up in a prayer line and they stand and they say, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel good enough. And I don't feel like I'll ever fit in or say, except, listen, you're, you're, you're trying to fit in the wrong place. And you're looking in the mirror and, and, and you say, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not beautiful. I can't compare. I can't compare with the, with the beauty of the, uh, of the world. You're looking in the wrong mirror. God gave you a mirror. Let me tell every one of you something. God gave you a mirror. It's the mirror of his word. And I tell you what, you young girls, amen, serving God in the beauty of holiness, look in the mirror of God's word, and what you'll see looking back at you is something beautiful and special. And all the beauty queens in Hollywood can never compare with the beauty, amen, of, of, the, of a young person, a young lady, or a young man that's serving God in the beauty of holiness. You ain't got nothing to be ashamed of, and don't you hide your light. Let it shine. Hallelujah. Leave this camp with a testimony. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. How long? Let it shine till Jesus comes. Oh, give him a great hand clap of praise. We are not ashamed. We are the blood-bought, Holy Ghost filled, saved, sanctified, hallelujah, devil stomping, overcomers of the last age. Hallelujah. We ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. We're not backing down. We're not giving up. We're pressing on. Run. Let me tell you something about a, a relay. A relay, first of all, if you if you had a relay team, you start out with, your, with a strong runner and you end with a strong runner. Now, now listen, that's not to diminish or take away from the importance of every runner in between. They had to keep the pace. They had to stay steady. They had to play their part. But a good coach will recognize the strengths. And he wants to start out with the strongest and he wants to end with the strongest. And God started this race the same way. He started out with the Alpha Church on the day of Pentecost with the power of the Holy Ghost, with the original word, with the original faith. Hallelujah. And he's going to end it with a bride, the Omega bride, restored back. Listen, brother, when Brother Brown saw the preview of the bride, he said the last one looked exactly like the first one. Hallelujah. And he started it out with a prophet and he ends it with a prophet. 
He started it out with the unadulterated word and he ends it with the unadulterated word and you got the original faith with the original Holy Ghost, with the original power. But in that relay, listen, as they would run, they didn't, they didn't wait, Brother Jason, and I'm, I am closing eventually. <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't, you know, it wasn't like a guy was standing here and, and a guy, you know, he's running. The, the, the runner is running towards him. He didn't just stand there and wait till he got there and then now he's going to stop and hand the baton to the next man and he's going to start. No, there, there, was, there, was, there would be a blending. Because when he's standing here, when he sees that guy approaching, he starts running right then. And he runs until he gets the pace. Until his steps is matching the other runner's steps. And when they get in perfect harmony, then they pass the baton. The other guy's finished his race. Let me just tell you, amen, that those that run before us, they run it well. They finish their race. But somebody's got to get in step with the word. Some of you's got to get in step with the word because this is your time. Listen, it's your turn. Hallelujah. This is your turn. The baton is in your hand. What are you going to do with it? Hallelujah. Listen, listen to me, young people. This message is given to you. What are you going to do with it? Brother Bam said, every generation has to have its own revival. A fresh chance at the word. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm challenging you this morning. Amen. As I'm closing out, I'm challenging you. Amen. Amen. The baton is in your hands. Amen. What are you going to do? How are you going to run? Is there anybody in there, amen, that would like to join me and say, Brother Josh, I'm going to give it everything I got. Hallelujah. I'm going to run with everything that's within me, and I refuse, amen, to give up or to give in or to look around me. I will not be distracted. Hallelujah. I will not be moved. I will not be deterred. I will run. Hallelujah. Listen, brothers, we got to finish it. We got to finish this race. They are depending on us because they, without us, cannot be made perfect. I'm going to close. I'm going to give one more story and I'm closing. Some of you may have seen this. You can actually watch a video of this, I believe, on YouTube. Or I actually never seen it, but I think somebody told me you could. And it happened there in the 1992 Olympics. That seems like a long time ago to y'all, don't it? But it was in Barcelona. And what happened there was one of the most memorable moments in sports history because there was a young man 
and he went to these Olympics. He was he was actually, uh, um, you know, uh, he was um, uh, he was favored to to place and to win a medal, and he was a great runner. He he had the abilities, so forth. As he started that race, his name was Derek Redmond. As he started that race, he got off to a great start. He was running the race of his life. A finish line was right in sight. And suddenly he felt a stab of pain in his right leg. He fell face first to the track. The race was over. The race was over for him. He struggled to his feet. The medical team, or I'm sorry, before the medical team could even reach him, he had already started running. He had already started moving towards the finish line. And though every runner had passed him, he began hopping forward. Tears of pain running down his face. But he was determined to finish that race. Suddenly a man come out of the sidelines, play out the security. He ran out on the track. He reached over and he took that young man in his arms. He put his arms around him. And what they didn't know, a lot of them, was that was his daddy. He whispered in that boy's ear. He said, son, it's going to be all right. Let's finish the race together. Number <laughs> I'm closing leaving you with this. You are not by yourself. And you may fall down, but I tell you what, we got a heavenly father. And if he has to carry me across the finish line, Brother Jason, I'm going to make it. Because he said I'm going to make it. And he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And we are not running alone. Amen. He's running with us. Hallelujah. Listen, friends. Amen. Feel the tender hand of Jehovah this morning. When you're weak, he's strong. And his strength is made perfect in our weakness. We can't do it by ourselves. But greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. Let us run. Hallelujah. How many is going to leave this camp with that determination burning in your heart? Let us run. Run the race with patience that's been set before us. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. Amen. In Jesus' name. bless you. I, um, I hardly have the voice for this, but Matt and I were discussing uh, the plan was to have him come up, but that sermon touched my heart so deeply for very personal reasons. You got a little time for one more story? I used to run track and field back in the day. It seemed like many moons ago. And I was a distance runner. And I could 
I, my practice sessions was a three-mile run that I could run in under 16 minutes. And um, they didn't have too many of those kinds of races in the school where I went, so I was stuck running 440s and 880s and things like that. And I ran those relays that Brother Josh was talking about. And you had to, I'm going to tell you something about that relay. You had to trust the man behind you. Because you really, you really weren't trying to watch him. You were trusting him. And as you're reaching back, you're, you're believing. You take one glance and then you go. Here he comes. And you're trying to sync up. And you're trusting that he ain't going to faint. He ain't going to fall. He's going to get that baton in your hand and you're just waiting for it. I want to tell you something, friends. we got to have that kind of confidence in one another. Globally, around the world, we got to have that kind of confidence in one another. And I remember that when I would when I would train, I had this this habit of not really uh, n- not really running to my utmost. And and I and we would be in the practice sessions, and it affected at, at time when we would have tournaments and everything and it would affect you know because uh you know there was just a something where I just said wow I I should have pressed harder I should have pressed harder and 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 I'd win some and I'd lose some and but you know many times I I lost a race that I didn't win that I could have and I was a better runner than the person who ran across ahead of me But here's one thing that I could say. I never quit a race. I never quit one. And I and I remember one time I came in and we were in a practice session and here I come. And I had this thing where I would just kind of move along at my regular pace during the during the three-mile practice. But when I'd make the last turn and I could see the finish line, man, I would turn on the jets. And I would run. And it felt like, like I was floating on air. And I would just streak ahead of everybody. And I would be so jubilant when I got across the finish line. And I would just say, wow, that was so wonderful. And the coach would come up behind me and put a boot on my rear end and kick me. Say, they used to, they used to do that in school. Y'all don't know nothing. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> and he would literally give me a boom. I'd say, what was that for? And he'd say, where was all of that gusto in the, in the first two and three quarters of that? You know, where, where, why were you just lollygagging along? If you can cross the finish line with that kind of energy, then you, you, wasted a, you got a lot of energy left, and you didn't put it out there on the track. And, you know, that bothered me. And I went home, and I thought about that, and it bothered me. And, and we came up to the next track meet, and... I remember it so clear. It was, the, it was the last time I was in an official school event. And I wanted to do well, and there were large crowds. And, and, I, and, it, and it was a long-distance run. I forget, maybe, I don't remember. Maybe seemed like it was a mile, maybe. I don't remember it clearly. Might have been 880 yards, but it wasn't a relay. And I just started running, and the whole pack, I just remember watching the pack, kind of just pull away from me and I was okay with that I said it's okay and and I've, I, I finished that race and 
You know, whoever won first, second, and third, and they got blue ribbon, red ribbon, and a yellow ribbon, or whatever like that. And I didn't get anything. And I want to tell you something. That caused something that happened to me that I carried for years. I still fight against it to this day. It's a complex. And the complex is this, that I always feel like no matter what I'm doing, no matter how much I do, I'm constantly preaching, I'm constantly teaching, I'm constantly on Bible studies, I'm traveled the world, six, six continents out of seven, preaching the message of the hour, 42 different countries, but I always have this sense of I'm underachieving, I'm underachieving, and it causes me to push and push and push because I'm underachieving, and one day I was just talking to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I'm so sorry that I'm always an underachiever and, and 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 I don't know why I don't press harder and I I want to press it's in me to press where's my discipline to press is anybody have that kind of a struggle you say I I, I coulda shoulda woulda why didn't I and I just thought to myself and I just it was such a burden and not so long ago the Lord came to me and I was just crying the same old cry the same old prayer boo-hooing over it and and the Lord the Lord just said you know you remember that race and he took me back all those years to a boy and we and and I thought about all the people of all the races that I'd run and people dropped out and dropped out and couldn't finish and couldn't finish and the Lord reminded me he said you know you did finish that race because I'd forgot that I had literally gotten so narrowly minded to my performance that I completely forgot I finished the race and a lot of people didn't and I'm telling you something here I am today and I've been raised up in this message and I've been running it a long time and there have been others who were better runners than me, who ran ahead of me, who have now dropped out and went on the sidelines and left the race field and went on about their life. But I'm still running. Hallelujah. And I'm going to finish it. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to finish this race. I might not be the fastest, but I'm going to finish it. And God is challenging you today. Don't get held back by your failures or by your weakness. God is looking for you to finish it. There's going to be somebody. Finish this race. I saw that video Brother Josh was talking about. I was going to tell you that story had he not told it. And you know, the thing that got me, Brother Josh, that stood out to me, thank you for not mentioning it, was when that father jumped over, he broke all the rules. He didn't care. That was his boy. He didn't care about man's rules or, or regulations or put, put him in a box. That was his son. This was his daddy. And he jumped the rail. And he ran out on the track. And the, you, do you know why? Do you know why the security tried to stop him? And he just barreled right through him. They tried to stop him because they didn't know who he was. 
I know the world don't know who my daddy is all the time. I know they don't recognize God in flesh. I, I know they don't recognize the word that I follow. But I'm here to tell you, there was not enough demons. There's not enough power to keep your father from running by your side. I want you to know today you're not alone. Your heavenly father is saying, come on, you can run it. You can finish it. I want to finish it. On that other side, it's not going to matter who was greater, who did this, that, or the other. I'm going to tell you something. When we reach that greatest youth camp of all the ages and we gather around Father's throne, oh, you're going to be so glad you ran. You're going to be so glad you didn't quit. You're going to be so glad God loved you. You're going to be so glad you believed Him. Oh, I wish... I wish I had the voice to preach, but it would probably keep you here another hour. We're not going to do it. I want to sing this song because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Not because I'm great, but because he lives. All fear is gone. Because I don't wonder, I don't think, I don't imagine. I know because I know he holds. Listen, let me tell you something. A lot of times things happen. We get disturbed by it. Could I suggest to you today that you don't waste a whole lot of time? You know, you say, well, I got, here's, a, here's a terrible situation. Here's something that happened. Well, like, we got to have a plan. We got to do something about it. You know, don't waste too much time planning for something God already planned for. Or trying to figure out what to do when He already knows what to do. Why don't you just give it to Him? And say, Lord, I, I can't fix this problem. I'm just going to give it to you. And I'm going to keep running. I'm going to let you handle it. You already knew about it. I'm just going to keep on running. Not going to get distracted. Because I can't make it on my own anyhow. But with you at my side, I am an invincible army. Do you believe that today? I'm going to let Brother Matt come and sing this. I definitely don't have the voice for that. But because he lives... I want you to leave here today and say, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Let it go. Let it be gone. Because I know he holds my future. And you know what I found out? Now that I know all that, I know this. Now life is worth living because he lives. Job said, a man born of a woman is just a few days full of trouble. James said, your life's just a vapor. It appears for a little while and it's gone. I'm going to tell you, with, with your life just a vapor, goodness. And then Job throws in some encouragement on your little vapor life that it's just a few days and full of trouble. I think I could suggest to you, and I think you would believe me, that life really ain't worth living unless you get to live it forever I mean what's the point I, I live I pay taxes and I die life's not worth it there's too much trouble if I don't get to live eternally if I don't have a heaven I don't have a new body I don't have family I don't have all my loved ones oh my because he lives I can face tomorrow because life is worth the living 
because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone. One more time. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. My goodness, what a way to end camp. Hallelujah. We don't want to end it, but we come to this point to where we have to make some announcements and conclude some things. And just I got just pressed a little bit for time, so you forgive me. If I go through some of this quickly, amen, you can just keep playing, Brother Andrew, just while I make these announcements. Um, if someone, <clears throat> Brother Brad, if you're here, wave at me. Wave your hand, Brother Brad Yons. If he's not, someone could get him quickly. If he could, we're going to need him just here in a moment. Um, I'm going to go through these from uh, someone, please announce. I think this has already been announced that concessions is half price today. They're trying to just get, get uh, use what we've got. <clears throat> also, I just want to say just here for a moment. If I could have everyone be seated just for a second, but I want all of the counselors, we don't have them all, but if you're a counselor, I want you to come up to this platform right now, come as fast as you can. Everybody, counselors, come quickly, come running. Why don't you give them a hand? Come on, come on, counselors. If you're work crew here today, if you're part of the work crew, I know we don't have all of them, but if you could come and make your way, work crew, come at this time. If, if we have any of them here, come on, get up out of your seats. Oh, give them a big old hand clap, friends. They deserve it. I promise they deserve it.
This camp would not have been possible if it wouldn't been for the hearts and the dedication and the service of these people. Why don't you make them feel that you're thankful this morning? Show them how much you appreciate them. That's the least, the very, very, very least I could have done uh, just to say thanks and show our gratitude to all of them. I promise they worked hard and there were so many others. There were so many other volunteers. I just would get lost to name them. I want to say how many appreciate the ministry that you heard this weekend? My Friends, it just gets better and better and better and gooder and gooder. (laughs) Amen. I tell you what. Thankful, I just want to give a quick hand clap for all of the, let me say them before you start, all of the volunteers, those that I don't name in a category, but the security, the sound engineers, uh, all of those volunteers and all of those groups of people that helped in any capacity. It was just tireless labor. And I also want to give a special thanks also to these guys right here, night after night. Creating the right atmosphere. Why don't we give them all just a good round of applause. Now, how about the Lord Jesus? How many want to tell the Lord, thank you for what you did this weekend in my life. Thank you, you still love me. You still preach to me. You still encourage me. Thank you that there's still mercy that I was able to come to camp this weekend and hear what I've heard. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise Lord. Amen. You can be seated just for a moment. We need a lot of brothers uh, to stay, and, and actually, we're going to organize this. I got more. I'm going to let me come back to that here in just a moment. I'm going to go through some of these. Um, the winners of the cleanest dorm challenge um, are going to get. Uh, uh, something, I think, where I don't know if Deborah's here. Let me just announce those winners. It, it says the winners of the cleanest dorm challenge will each get two free items from concessions. So if you're one of those winners, you'll get two free items from concessions. If you're not a winner, don't say you were a winner. I think they'll know who you are. Um, these are the winners of the cleanest dorm contest. And there is one for each building. Drum roll, please. To Forrest, Eagle Nest, Counselor Ashley Stutzman. Give her a hand. Come on, Sister Ashley, if you're here. For River, Wintergreen Falls, Counselor Rebecca Horniak, if she's here, give her Sister Rebecca a hand. For Mountain Wagon Gap, Counselor Brother Paul Burgess, give Brother Paul a hand. <laughs> They represent you good, brother. <laughs> For Main Street, DuPont E, dorm leader, brother Christopher Short. Give brother Chris a hand. Come on, brother. Oh, let's give them all a real hand. The campers here. Yeah. All right, here's your trophies. You want to give those out, Deb?
Okay, so give these out if you could. Campers in the dorms that were in those dorms when it's announced do get free cons- two free items, right? Deb, two free items. I think that's right. Yes, two free. Give them one more hand clap. All right, the winner for the dirtiest dorm. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say who that was. <laughs> I... I'll be honest, I'd have to make it up because I don't know who it was. They wouldn't tell me. (laughs) The secret things below. (laughs) I'll stop right there. We'll just keep it it a secret. Uh, Keep playing if you could could something. All right, so to some of these, and if there's any more announcements, brothers and sisters who are hearing in, if you could text me those, we won't get another chance to make them. I don't see anything else here. the Lost and Found is in front of Main Street. Uh, let me make sure I covered all these. Uh, counselors, brothers of stay, pull around. Okay, if you, if you pull around to the front of the dorms to pick up luggage, make sure you keep traffic going one way. That's very, very important. Um, we do, we're going to have these chairs we rented, and the rental company's got a, our agreement is there's some carts back here uh, behind the curtain. If they'd go ahead and open that curtain, go ahead and do that, the very, very back one, that we've got to put those back on and stack them up. So I'll tell you that organization, you're going to play a part in that here in just a moment. Um, uh, if you pull around front, okay, so let me get through these. The Lost and Found uh, is in front of Main Street on a round table. There are sweatshirts, there's Bibles, there's water bottles, there's bracelets, there's a phone. There's a phone? There's a phone, so make sure you get your phone. Uh, there's camp shirts also there from different ones. Also, Josh, if you have that picture, if you could try to display it, you could. Um, we do have some, that's fine, I didn't get it. We do have items that are still for sale, a lot of camp shirts still available and sweatshirts, hoodies, and different things that you can get if you want for that. Uh, they're all uh, there for sale. You can, you can find them. Please buy them. We don't want to bring them back home. So if you want one, try to bargain. Uh, try to bargain for a good deal. Um, all right, so the, um, the way we're going to do the chairs, if I can, Brother Brad, are you here? Brother Brad Yance, are you here? Somebody point at him. We need him. There he is. Wave your hand, Brother Brad. That's Brother Brad Yance. Bring your brothers now if you could go ahead and get them. Come on now, your 16 brothers that you got. So he needs, he don't have any. We need men, brothers, not young people. If we can have 16 brothers to come just start coming if you could, if you can volunteer, not anybody from up here. Um, and we're going we're gonna to dismiss you. Uh, there will be a lunch just to give you the schedule. Go ahead and start organizing that, Brother Brad, if you could. While they open that back curtain, if you could, somebody, whoever can help with that, do that. Uh, whoever knows how, there's a button there, Sister Amy. They forgot to give a hand clap to somebody. Don't start yet. How many thanks, Brother Jason and Brother Matt and Brother Bethel Tabernacle for this camp? Stand up. Tell them how you feel. They're going to keep playing something. So we've got, we've got the, the carts there while they're organizing that. I'm just going to give them a minute. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a land on God's 
celestial shore Give me a verse. 